Welcome to the Disruptive Entrepreneur Podcast. What does the word disruptive mean to you? It means going beyond the ordinary, going beyond the status quo. Not thinking in the conventional way, not just sort of following the herd. Disruptive means taking things up, you know? Disruptive entrepreneur is somebody who sees the problem and embraces the problem mm. with a new way. Shake up and awakening. Quality will take care of itself and you'll go from being disruptive but also profitable. When you use your reservoir of talent, when you love what you do, then you disrupt. Mix it up, change it up and dominate. And now, your host, eight times best-selling author and double world record holder, Rob Moore. Hi, it's Rob Moore here. And I think that there are two very strong, opposing, pulling needs as an entrepreneur or requisites for success. One of those is novelty and variety, you know, starting new enterprises, you know, that you can monetize, that you can scale, the excitement, the newness, the freshness of doing something new, uh, new market uh, as an entrepreneur. And then there's the need, the requisite for consistency, i.e. doing the same thing over and over, slow and steady, wins the race, boring, got to keep doing this for years and years and years and years to get it right, to tweak, to iterate, to improve, to keep going. And finally, after years of trudging down the same road, I'll get some success and momentum. And I've definitely struggled with these two very strong opposing forces, like the push and the pull. Um, I love variety. Uh, apparently two of the six uh, human needs, one is variety and then one is security. So even intrinsic within our human being is we need variety, newness. You know, we need to explore new horizons. It's how we evolve and grow as a species. But the, then we need security and safety to be able to survive, to, to build a family, to feel secure. How do you balance those two forces as an entrepreneur? Well, I've got nine ways that I think that you can balance those opposing forces. Now, whilst we all as a human being have a need for, for variety and consistency, which has this pull, you will probably lean one way or the other. So you'll be listening or watching this because you prefer consistency. And in that case, often you look at others and you think they're going faster. You think you should be doing more. You feel maybe you're a bit slow. You're playing a smaller game. That, that may be how you feel. And then if you're more like me, you need variety all the time. You wake up, you get excited. You want to do something new. You want it faster, better, quicker. You're impatient. You can be frustrated. Uh, and those emotions can make you start, stop, start, stop, start, stop, start, stop, start, stop. I've started a million things in my life and probably finished about six. Uh, thankfully, those six have done all right for me. Okay, so the novelty side keeps you engaged, excited, fresh, but it can mean that you start, then you stop, then you start, then you stop, then you start, then you stop. And when you start, stop, start, stop, 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 you don't actually get far enough down the line on any business model that you've started and not finished to actually get the results, the momentum, the compounding, the money, the followers, the customers, the clients, the reach. And so, yeah, the nine ways I'm going to cover in a moment, I think should help you balance these forces. Now, I get a lot of lessons um, raising my son playing golf. Uh, and now my daughter, who's a very different personality. So um, with Bobby, I've learned, and it's taken me about two and a half years to learn this, that actually he needs variety and I'm trying to give him consistency. So I feel like when we go to the World Championships or the British Championships, the best thing for me to do is get him on an hour on the putting green to get used to the greens because I know once he's putted on there for an hour, 
he gets the feel for the greens to get him to practice three or four rounds before because that'll get him the consistency to know the course. Now, of course, you know, an adult might do that. But the reality is Bobby will play on the putting green for half an hour and then he'll be bored. He'll play one or two practice rounds because it's a new course and it's exciting. And then he'll be bored and then he'll want to do something different. And then he resists me and I resist him. Uh, and so recently I've learned, um, or rather finally got it, that actually variety is more important to them. I mean, he's a six-year-old kid. Uh, I'm a bit like a six-year-old kid. So um, my challenge is to design something new for him every day, but within the criteria of golf. So I'll give you an example. I bought one of those um, cans that the referees use to spray lines on the ground. Um, you know, to get the uh, players back 10 yards. And I gave him that can and I said, spray some circles on the putting green and we'll chip and putt into it. And he absolutely loved it. And he was chipping and putting for ages. I know in three days he'll be bored of that spray can. So I'll need to go and get um, a, a, like a bag of pound coins and, and make a circle with the bag of pound coins and get him to chip and putt into that. Um, and then he's excited about that for three days and then he's bored. Uh, and I've noticed this pattern over the last two or three years. So what my challenge is, to have the criteria, you know, the, um, the wide concept of golf as the consistency and then the variety of how we do it, how we play, who we play with, where we play, etc. Every time there's a new course, he's really excited. We went to Top Golf where you hit into these big holes and you get different scores and he absolutely loved it. And he said, this is the best day of my life. But I know if he went three days in a row, he'd be bored. And it's funny because as I'm teaching this and learning this myself, I'm realising that it's, teaching Bobby, Bobby is a mirror to me and I'm seeing the same traits in me. And so I've started a lot of businesses and ventures and I found a way to give me my need to start a lot of things, but keep it within like a fence, which means that I'm not actually starting something new, even though I'm starting something new. And that's point ooh, four that I'm coming to soon. All right, then. Consistency is essential. And if you don't have consistency in what you do, you know, you think I'm going to start loads of new businesses, loads of income streams. But if you don't keep them going long enough, you will never get the results. So actually, that need for newness and novelty can be like can be completely eroding to wealth. Uh, you know, a lot of successful people say you've got to do the boring things every day. Um, most days are the same. You've just got to stay being consistent. And in the end, you'll get there like it takes 10 years to be an overnight success. But that's not what every entrepreneur wants to hear. We want to hear faster, better, quicker. Um, you know, we, we want quicker results. I can do this, you know, like I, I can give me myself this need for variety. All right. So both are important. Got that. Here's how to balance them nine ways. Number one. You have to stay consistent doing one thing long enough for it to mature. So in that regard, too much variety is bad. You know, many people who want freedom, I want to do what I want, when I want. Well, actually, you can't. Because what about if you get some bad PR? What about if a customer complains? What about if you get criticised? What about if you have a problem in your business? What about if a few staff are all ill at the same time or someone sets up in competition? You can't just go, well, I'll do what I want. You have to do what you have to do. So freedom is balancing you having autonomy and control um, and actually feeling free, stepping up and doing things you have to do, even if they weren't your first choice. So I think, you know, that's the delusion that a lot of people have of freedom. I can do what I want, where I want, when I want. Well, actually, you can for 50, 60 percent of the time. But freedom, uh, therefore, um, consistency is doing what needs to be done, even when you don't feel like it. Um, and being able to get your mindset into the fact that that's also freedom gives you more freedom. OK, so number two, then, is Here's the thing with novelty, though. It got you started on the thing that's working. Um, it got you out of the old thing that wasn't working. So actually, novelty is good to a point because it gets you to try things. 
I have a property company called Progressive Property and there's buy to let, there's lease options, there's rent to rents, there's deal packaging, there's commercial properties, there's flipping, you know, there's all variety of strategies. And when you try them all and do them all, you can't get anywhere deep enough. If you only do one, you don't know what the other five look like. So actually, novelty is good to test, to try. But once you've got a, sort, a set like benchmark of some results, then you have to drop some things you did, even though that's hard, and then just keep going on the thing that works. Okay, number three then is novelty is essentially testing. And I think instead of thinking new, 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 think test, 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 this will help you. Because what, what the, the test mentality is, I will try this, try and get some results quite quickly. If it doesn't work, I'll drop it. And if it does work, I'll scale it. Whereas new is, I want to do that thing because it's new. And oh, I want to do that thing because it's new. And I want to do that thing because it's new. You should scale what works and stop what doesn't. So actually think test rather than new and novelty. And actually you'll give yourself the freedom to try the things, cryptos, commercial conversions, e-commerce, you know, whatever new social media platform there is, because you should try those things. But then you'll have the consistency to know that tried those, they didn't work, so I'll drop them. Tried this, it did work, so I'll scale it. Okay, number four, and I write about this in my book, Multiple Streams of Property Income, and I call this cross-stream leverage. So the way I have managed to help Bobby stay excited about golf, going through all of his challenges, and of course, every day's a new day, it's not finished, it's always a work in progress. And the way I met my need for variety, but still able to consistently work on a portfolio, progressive property, unlimited success, etc., is to have novelty within the framework of what I'm already doing. So the journey went something like this. I got into property, it was all exciting, new, and it could have, it was the thing that was going to save my life, and I was all excited and dreamy. But I had been about that about art, I had been about that about architecture, I had been that about being a pub landlord, I had been that about my martial arts, about playing, the, about everything. I'm always excited at the start. Okay, once we started to buy a few properties, I started to get bored. So then we started packaging properties for other people. So that was new-ish. And it was exciting to me, but it was still property. So it was novelty, but it was also consistency because it was in the realm of what I was already doing. Once I packaged property for people for two or three years and we realized that wasn't really the model we wanted to scale, I then started writing some books and running a few training courses. That was novelty, that was new, but it was still within this ring fence framework of property. So it was novelty, but it was also consistency. Then once we'd built the training business, I wanted to go and um, flex my muscles and be creative and go and do other courses in business and personal development. So what we did is we trained up some trainers and then I started running new courses and, and building new companies. So I'm still within the training space, like we ran property courses, that's transmutable into business, public speaking, cryptos, whatever. And I set the systems in my previous business. So, so each time I'm going for something new, it's new, but it's also the same. It leverages what I've been doing for the last three, five or 10 years. Hence, it's called cross-stream leverage. So I started, obviously, my podcast two years ago. That's new. I'd not done a podcast before, but it's still within the framework of business and personal development and the things you know me for. Launched a crypto course. That's a new course, but it's still within the framework of, you know, helping you make money and setting up your own business, etc. So each time I've got a new... Now, if you see me going into coffee and cosmetics and everything else, that's not cross-stream leverage. I can't take all the experience that I've got. It's a completely different niche, and I would be starting again obviously other than having general business experience. So that's what I'm always looking to do now is say no to things that are completely new unless I've maybe completely systemized or leveraged or sold my existing business or I'm bored of it or I just you know, absolutely must do this new thing or I've got a great opportunity. But most of the time my answers now are no, but not yet. 
which means I can still say yes in the future if I've still got this need for newness. And then a month or two or three, I'm often looking at it going, you know what? Mm, it's probably a good job I didn't do that. Okay. All right then, so get your novelty within your existing field. Get your variety within the field of consistency. And that's how you balance the opposing forces of novelty and consistency. All right, so also having a business partner who's consistent and then a business partner who, who loves the new and the variety also helps. Mark doesn't like new. He, he would actually always resist starting something new. His, his decision-making would be, well, why don't we just do what we're doing but 20 or 30% better? And you know what? It took me years to learn that. And that's often a smart call. But if it weren't for me, Mark and I would just still be buying properties. We wouldn't have our, you know, 10, 20 million pound. When I say 10, 20 million pound, one company is 10 and another company is 10-ish million pounds a year in books business. We wouldn't have those companies. We wouldn't have the books. We wouldn't have the podcast. We wouldn't have the world records, etc. But if it weren't for Mark with consistency, I'd have jumped around doing every single business opportunity that came up because it looked good. Botox, yeah, I'll do that. Costa Coffee too, yeah, I'll do that. I love that. Oh, I've got a beard. I'll, I'll, I'll go in the shaving business, oh, whatever. Just because I, I, the thing with um, entrepreneurs is we see opportunity in everything. And whilst that can be great, that obviously can be bad because there often isn't opportunity in everything. Manvish just made a good point here about um, the, the force of the fear of missing out. So often we go into something new, not because it's right for us, but because we fear losing out on that wormhole opportunity. Now, that fear is good because it gets you going into the niches and the ventures, that, you know, that are right for you. But on the other hand, the pull, oh, it pulls you away from what you're doing because you've only got a, a specific certain finite amount of time. All right, five, let's go, fine, let's go on to number five then. Now, this sounds a bit uh, strange, but, you know, like Gemma and I got more variety in our marriage and our relationship and our life when we planned it in the diary. And it seems weird to say, hey, you've got to plan variety in the diary. But if you don't plan variety in the diary, you don't end up doing things that give you that need for variety. So probably 20% of your working week or, you know, a metric 10 to 20% plan in variety, go into different events, looking into a new venture. Google X uh, is a company that's just set up to look into new ventures. And there are many successful um, disruptive companies that allow their staff one day a week to look into new ventures. So give yourself a specific amount of plan time to do things that give you your need for variety, um, you know, novelty. Try them in a safe environment, but 80% of your time, stay consistent. You can do that in your marriage, you can do that in your business, you can do that with your hobbies, you can do that looking into new business models, you can do that into your, you know, 70, 20, 10, three um, business streams that you're doing. Your 70% is your main thing, your 20% is your secondary thing, and your 10% is your newness, you're excited, your research, you're, oh, I'm going to have a look at that this week and that next week and that week after. But if most people are doing that this week, that next week, that the week after with their business, and you never get the results, the compounding, the momentum, the consistency, the brand, the reach, the exposure, exposure um, the mind space to get good results. All right, then number six, be consistent most of the time, but novel and variety and surprising to yourself and to your team. A small amount of time. So I guess it goes back to 80% of your time consistent, 20% of your time new, fresh, surprising. Try and do that in most areas of my life. Do that with your training. Do that with your knowledge and experience, your reading. Like 80% of your time read, you know, specific business books in the niche you're in and 20% of your time maybe read fiction books or maybe watch um, documentaries which are educational but not in your niche. So if you have that 80-20 rule, 80 consistency, 20 variety. Most of us like me need 80 variety, 20 consistency. Then I think you'll get really good linear compounded results. 
Okay, number seven then is building your self-awareness. You're um, the mastery of your emotions and the, just the second guessing and the gaming of who you are. So like I said at the start of the video and the audio, um, some of you listening and watching will have tendencies of consistency. Some of you will have over tendencies of variety and novelty like me. So you're more like my business partner, Mark, or more like me. So when you understand what you're like and you really know what you're like, in that moment when you feel how you feel and you get excited and you just can't help yourself, take a step back, pause and go, I'm going to make this decision. Is it going to be right? And what should I do that's going to almost second guess myself, game myself, trick myself into making the right decision, not the decision that I make over and over and over again that isn't right? Um, so that might be, for example, don't say yes immediately. Take a little bit more time to think, plan and consider. For those of you that are uber consistent and always wait, you should probably do the opposite when you know in your heart, actually make the decision a bit quicker. So building that self-awareness and look at all the results you've had in the past. Track back on all the decisions you've made and the things you've done and where they've served you and where they've held you back. And then try and um, second guess you making the wrong decision. So for me, my tendency is to say yes. So I'll try and wait, sleep on it, evaluate. I'll often say, thank you, it's not right for me now, whereas I would have said, yeah, let's do it. Then I would have overwhelmed myself. Then I would have blamed the world for me being overwhelmed, even though I said yes to everything. So, um, you know, feedback for me is mm, maybe you should say yes, but come back to me in three months. Probably about two or three times a week now, maybe more, I get invited to speak on people's podcasts. And... Um, I want to speak on them all because I love doing it. And I feel like, hey, if I speak on all of the podcasts, one or two of them will go big and that'd be great for my brand. But I've only got a, a limited amount of time. Uh, so what I do is I say, um, come back to me when you've got 50,000 subscribers or that'd be great. How long have you been doing it? And if they've started it, say, come back to me in three months. So I still get that. Yeah, I'm going to do it, but not right now. OK, number eight, then get novelty in other areas. So don't get your novelty in business and your livelihood and your career and your money. Get novelty in your hobby. Get novelty on your research. You know, get novelty on your second or your third part-time income stream. You know, for me, I get to do variety with my podcast um, because I can express myself in the ways that, you know, I think you want and, and I want to talk about, which means could Progressive continue to grow. But if I started talking about all the things I do on my podcast to Progressive Property, where they're mostly property specific, you know, they might think I'm a bit too generic, vague. So, you know, my podcast gives me my variety. Um, what gives you your variety? You know, what, what hobbies? Um, what, going to different events, reading different books, watching different, um, watching different documentaries. So meet that need for novelty elsewhere, and then you won't need it so much in your business. Okay, and then finally, number nine is... Entrepreneurs are often good at starting and they're often bad at finishing. So if you've got this desire to do something new and you followed my first eight steps, then start it, set it up, get it systemized, get staff and members in and then say to yourself, my reward to myself will be I can start something new when this one is systemized. And again, I wrote a lot about that in multiple streams of property income. So often you want to start something new, but you haven't done the existing thing long enough. Uh, so instead of starting the new thing, which then breaks the old thing, which means you've got two things that don't work and then you repeat the pattern, set that up, scale it. It's just starting to work. You go, oh, look at that over there. Cryptocurrencies, I want to get into that. Say, so, oh, okay, right, here's my goal to myself. Give me six months to set this, to scale this, to have a, you know, a manager in it, all the systems and processes and automation. And then I'm going to reward myself with this new thing in the future. And then if you have the opposite problem where you're consistent, and you say no to everything, then, you know, you probably want to leverage something out and then, you know, encourage yourself, force yourself to get into a new venture. All right, then. So let me just summarize the nine points. 
I know that many of you tuned in before we started. Thanks for your kind comments, by the way, and your hearts. Yeah, more hearts is good. I like hearts. Okay, so entrepreneurs experience a real push and pull between the need for variety and the need for consistency, which are human traits as well as entrepreneurial traits. Here are the nine things that you can do to balance those strong opposing forces, both of which are important. Number one, you need to be consistent doing something long enough for it to mature and work. So too much novelty is bad. But novelty is the thing that got you into the thing that's going to work. It's the thing that got you out of the thing that wasn't working. So it's useful for those of you that don't like novelty. So balance those two forces. Novelty helps you try new things. But instead of thinking, I'm going to go to know something new, reword it and reframe it until I'm going to test it. Because test takes off the pressure. Test means if it works, scale it. If it doesn't, drop it. Uh, and then you've removed all the risk. And you can keep appeasing that need for newness. Number four, use cross-stream leverage which is taking your existing business model of property and getting variety within it. So buy for yourself, then when you get bored, buy for others. Then when you get bored, write a book on it. Then when you get bored, do a training course on it. Then when you get bored, do an online membership on it. Then when you get bored, do a podcast on it. But it's still all on the same subject. And actually all of those peripheral things add to your initial business model and make you richer and give you more compounding results and momentum. Number five, plan the variety in the diary, 20% or 25% of your time. Be consistent for most of the time, but have variety and newness for some of the time. Again, I like to think about 70, 20, 70 30 or 80, 20, somewhere between. Number seven, know your tendencies of over-consistency or over-variety and second-guess yourself and make the decisions that are right for you, not the ones that you always make that are repeating bad habits or patterns. Number eight, get your novelty in other areas of your life and get your consistency within, you know, within your business and the model that you're in. And then num number nine, start something and set a goal to systemize and leverage it out and hire in to make it run on its own without you and then start your new enterprise or venture. All right, thanks for tuning in, everyone. Remember, if you don't risk anything, you risk everything. Uh, have a great day. If you're watching, make sure you are subscribed to the audio podcast, which is The Disruptive Entrepreneur on Stitcher, iTunes, and probably just about every other audio platform. And then if you're listening, make sure you join us in The Disruptive Entrepreneur community on Facebook, where um, I probably now do, um, I probably only do one in five pieces of content that's in the community and on the audio podcast. I used to do probably three in five, um, but now only one in five. So you're getting different content different pieces of value, systems, processes, discussions, debates, rants. So make sure you're on the Facebook group, Disruptive Entrepreneur. Just search it in Facebook as well as listening to the podcast uh, on iTunes or Stitcher. Thanks for tuning in. Have a great day.